Shane are here. We're going to be talking about line of credit for your business and for personal. So uh, welcome. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and uh, post that below. Comment below if you're watching us live. We're a few minutes late. We had some technical difficulties again with Zoom. All right, guys. So uh, Lakeisha, Amber Rose, if you guys are watching, you can hear us, let us know. So today we're going to be talking about... Um, Line of credit for your business and for your personal. So, Shane, what you got for us? What's up, buddy? Glad to be here. <laughs> Rise and shine, early morning. Shine, baby. <laughs> Top of Good the morning. That's right. Hey, we're uh, we're all about this mastermind thing, and it's all about helping us grow. You know, we all need advice. We need counsel. That's what's great about the mastermind. It's, it, it becomes a council of your peers and you get wisdom, you get encouragement, you start to build your business acumen, just acumen in general. And it's a beautiful thing. But tonight we're going to talk about lending. And I had a, I had a guy call me yesterday and we were going through different scenarios and we were talking about uh, for personal and business. And yep. one thing that's interesting, and I will just uh, segue into this, is one bank does not fit all. Right. Everybody thinks that, you know, you need to go down to Chase and get all your needs. But to me, that's not the best way to play this thing. So I would break it down into several different categories. And let's start with the personal side. Uh, if you're going to get a car loan, where's the best place to go? My personal opinion, it's not Bank America. I would go to a credit union. They offer the lowest rates. They're going to give you a long term on that. Now, that's if the dealer does not give you some silly credit options. If the dealer gives you 0% for seven years, take it, right? It's a good deal. Which is probably going to happen now with all the stuff going on. Yeah, you, you're seeing a lot of it. Now, a lot of times those are fixed for maybe five years. And if you can get a credit union to give you seven, you know, it's it's a personal preference. If you take seven, you're going to pay less down on the car, but uh, your cash flow is going to be better. You're going to have a cheaper payment. So that's what you got to decide. But generally, they'll give you longer terms than the dealers will. So if you're buying a car, I say credit union all day. But, okay, so let me ask you this. If they got 0% for 84 months, which we really watch. <laughs> no, but uh, they, they say that, right? And then they're increasing the cost of the car by five grand. It, yeah, you, you have really got to get out the paper and ask them to give you the, the buyer's spec sheet and run through each one of those line item costs. Okay. Buyer spec sheet is what we're looking out for. That's right. And one, one thing you always want to talk about when you when, when you when you are negotiating on a car, you want to say, what is my drive out price? You want to know everything included before you put the finance charges on. it. So if, if the car is 17.5, that's going to be before taxes. That's going to be before, you know, uh, the whole TTNL, any finance charges they put on there and any warranty. But you want to know that specific number first. And then. 
make sure you can stomach all the add-ons that they put on there because they're going to charge you for everything. Okay. So credit union, I never had any luck at credit unions. I don't know why, but I feel they're, like they're too tight ass. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty lenient on cars. Did you ever try a car? Uh, oh yeah. Cars. You're right. I think I went in for a personal loan and they didn't want to do it. Yeah. Personal loans are a little bit tougher. And that's why all these banks, you know, you, you got to shop around for each category you're in. Yeah. All right. So the next category, we're going to talk about home mortgages. This is your primary. I'm not talking about investment property. I'm talking about your primary. And you just bought one of these, my man. So you know what I'm talking about. You're fresh yeah. off of that. Cash. I'm in the money. Cash flow, baby. All right. So all right. actually, while we're talking about that, I'm refinancing the property that I have. Getting locked in at those rates. So you're talking about your investment property? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the one that I have tenancy, the single family house, the one that I moved from. So um, this was your former primary. And you chose not to sell it and you turned it into a rental property. And that's a pretty good strategy. Yeah. And I called you. And this is the blessing of having someone like Shane. As I, call, I remember calling Shane. I was like, hey, I found this new house. I really like it. And I want to sell this place that I'm in. I can probably get about 80 grand out of it. And you told me, man, <laughs> what did you say? You remember that call? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I said, if you can. And a lot of people can't, you know, like if every ounce of money that you've got is tied up in your house, for example, let's say you're going to you're going to clear fifty thousand dollars when you sell that house and you need that money or you need a lot of that money to let's say you don't have anything in the bank, but you got fifty grand in this house if you sell it. Yeah. But you got some credit card debt and you got no money in the bank. Well, you don't want to keep that one as a room. You want to sell it. You want to free up the fifty grand. You want to get debt free. You want to have some money down for your next down payment. And then you want to have a little bit of money in the bank. Because we always want to have a little bit of cash in the bank, preferably about six months of, of your income, just in case something like COVID happens and you need it. Got slaughtered. People didn't yeah. have that. That's right. Very few people actually have that. But in your case, you actually didn't necessarily need the money. You had some money over here in the business. You had some money personally. And if you have that extra money, what's going to happen is when you turn that house into a rental property, you already have good equity in it. So there's never a time when you can't sell that thing and get all that money back out, right? Right. But what, what happens is, and I told you this, if you ride this thing out for the next 15 years, pay it like it's a 15-year note, that thing's probably going to almost double in value from where it is today in 15 years, and it will be a, it'll be a big, fat nest egg for you. And that's what you did, and I think it's a great idea. So I'm refinancing that property now, and um, my broker told me that on investment property, the rates are one about one percent higher than what the advertised rates are. Is that right? Yes, they are higher, and it depends on the day and it depends on the broker. Okay, well, I'm in luck then, because <laughs> he told me he got me in at a pretty good rate, which is what's the rate? The three point five, you know, three and a half. That you get that on the investment property? Yeah, that's fantastic, man. On a fifteen, on a fifteen. Yeah. How much was it on a thirty? Uh, I don't know. I didn't even ask about that. I mean, the, okay. the, the mortgage was so cheap on a 15. It was only 12. Yeah, so in, in that case, uh, 15 versus 30, generally it's about a half a point difference. Oh, so okay. if you're, if you're at yeah. three and a half on the 15, it's probably going to be four on the primary or four and a quarter. It's generally half to three quarters of a point. Okay, perfect. All right. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. 
in that scenario there for financing your primary residence, you want to go, in my opinion, to a mortgage lender. The reason you want to go to a mortgage lender, not a Chase or Wells Fargo, is this is me personally. I did it for five years. The guys that are mortgage lenders are absolute experts in the field. They know exactly what they're doing. And they have the ability to price stuff differently than the Chase and the Wells Fargo of the world. What those guys do is they just have a back office. The guy that you talk to when you walk in there, he does not know anything about mortgages. <laughs> and I'm putting that lightly. <laughs> what, they so is, so what they do is they gather all your information up, right? And they will sell you on whatever it is they're going to, uh, to do. And then they send it into the back office. And the back office says yes or no. But those guys, what those guys mostly are is they're personal bankers. They are not experts in the field of mortgages and they have a stated rate and that's all they can do. And what's great about the mortgage broker is he's, he, he probably has about three or four or five or more different lenders that he can send that mortgage to. So he can shop rates where the bank cannot. So you got a guy that's a professional. He knows everything about it. He's probably been doing it 10 years. He's, he's the best at it and he can shop rates. So if you're doing uh, primary mortgages, I'd go with a mortgage broker. Yeah, the broker's always so the broker of for the guys watching, people watching, broker is someone that has access to multiple banks. They'll do whatever it takes to get the deal done. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, because they want the deal. They don't get paid unless they get the deal. They don't have a salary. Yeah. These guys are 100 percent commission. And just like realtors, when that thing closes, they get paid. And so that, that means even crossing the line a little bit? Well, <laughs> it's getting harder. I, I will tell you this. It's getting harder to cross any lines. They have got it. They've got it locked down pretty airtight where there's very, very few lines crossed. But they work with you and, t- and help you figure out instead of just denying you. Yes. And telling you go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and let's break it down into two categories here. You got the W-2 worker, right? That's the guy that works for somebody else. Right. That guy has an easier time getting a mortgage than the poor old dude who's got a business. Right. Now they rake that guy over the coals, baby. And you know that well because you own a business. You know how hard that is. Yeah. And I had to get my brother's, my sister's brother to sign. So it was three of us on the mortgage. <laughs> on a on a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, three people that make yeah. you know, the total income for the three people is like half a million dollars a year. Yeah. So. It, what they do is they punish the business owner, man. So when you were talking about, they will help out guys. If you know, they'll do anything they can to help you out. The majority of the time that falls on the business owner. Cause those poor guys, man, you know, they generally, we, as a business owner, you write everything you can off. You want to show that you make as little money as possible yeah. so that you don't pay taxes, but then you get killed if you ever want to buy anything and finance it. Yep. Exactly. What happened to me? Yep. So that, that, that's the personal side of loans there. And I'll jump over to one more thing on the credit card side. On the credit card side, you want to go with the big banks. You want to go with the Chase. You want to go with the Capital One. Uh, and as far as the uh, the incentives go that they give you, to me, the best one is 2% straight across the board. So well, if you can... Let's not touch that. I already know where that's going. Yeah, we did that for you. So we'll, we'll talk about that. That'll be the next one. We'll just only talk about that one. All right, we can do that. Yeah. So that's the personal side. So we covered three different types of loans. We did uh, car loans, we did primary mortgages, and we did credit cards. And you got three different people that you go to. 
the cars you go to the credit union, the mortgages uh, for the primary residents, and the big banks for the credit cards. Okay. So now we yeah. jump to the business. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So on the business side, again, it's different, right? So as a business, I like having two accounts. So I like having one of the big guys. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Chase. I've had Bank of America forever. I'm not necessarily a big fan of those guys, but uh, I'm a fan of Chase. And what they're good at is they have great technology. They got an ATM on every street corner. And I like if you have two different accounts and tell me if I'm wrong, you got two accounts, right? You have a payroll account and an operating account. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I like having the payroll account at one of the big banks like a chase. And the reason I like doing that is, you know, these employees generally when they get paid, some of them don't have bank accounts and some of them, you know, they hustle with that check and they want to go somewhere and cash it. And, they can go to wherever your bank is and get money straight away. So if you bank at Chase, they can go any to any Chase around and they get paid immediately. And they're not having to pay any any uh, any sharp fees. Nobody likes paying those fees, right? Right. So you're talking about someone who doesn't have a bank account? Yes. Because did any of your employees not have bank accounts? Uh, I think so. Yeah. A couple of them. Yeah, so. So those guys have to go to a bank to cash their checks. Right. And to your bank specifically, because they don't have a bank. So they go to your bank. But if you got it at, at a little community bank, it's harder for them to get that money if it's clear across town. Okay. So That's I cool. like having a payroll account at one of the big accounts. What do you think about right. online banks? Like um, um, this new one that I've been using is called Simple. Is it simple? It's simple, man. Five minutes, 10 minutes to get set up. I mean, I'm using it now to like collect my rental income. Yeah. So money deposits into that account and then I can transfer it wherever I want to. And just like yeah. buy online stuff, it's free. It, they have apps and I mean, it's easy, you know, it's a couple yeah. of minutes to get set up. You don't got to go stand in line and deal with, un, you know, unhappy bank worker. Did they, they have any fees on that? I don't think so. I think it's free. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. That's uh, it's simple, right? That's the purpose of it. It's a premise. Yeah. And so I don't have, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. On the payroll side, though, I still like sticking to having one of the big guys. No, I'm talking about uh, that. Simple is personal. They don't do business. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm I'm cool with that on the personal side. Yeah. I I do like having one of the big banks on the personal side too. Just if you're ever out of town. It's easy to go to a chase in whatever city you're in. Right, right. You can be in Vegas and go to Bank America and whatever. Now, what what uh, location exactly at in Vegas that you're referring to? Spearman Rhino or? <laughs> Negative. Negative. Yeah, you still got to pay fees over there, buddy. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. All right, man. So the last one is uh, as a business owner, where do you go? for stuff you want deals on. You want to finance something, you need a lot you need a line of credit for the business, you want to buy a building for the business, you want to, uh, an AR, accounts receivable line. For me, the answer is a community bank. That's where you want to go. And the reason I like community banks is a very similar to why we like the mortgage lenders is because the guys that are there are absolute professionals. 
right? I, I said the scenario on the big banks. If you go there, those guys that are helping you when you walk in, generally those guys are personal bankers and they are not expert lenders. The best lenders are at the community banks and they stay there a long time. They get paid really, really well. And that's where you're going to build uh, the best relationships or community banks and the lenders that work there are how you're going to build the best rapport with. So I'm a big fan of your operating accounts, put that with a community bank, find a banker that you like, that you trust, that you build some rapport with. And I will tell you this, if any of those guys ever tell you how conservative they are, run dude. Because you don't want a conservative bank when you're trying to get access to capital. A conservative bank equals no loan, right? Yeah. They're going to they're gonna make it very, very tough for you to get a loan. And we don't want that. We want, it, it might sound bad, but we want an aggressive bank that is relationship-based and you get to know them. They get to know you. You put your operating account there. You want to put as much money as you can with them. Don't leave all your big money at Chase and Bank America because they can't do anything for you. You want to leave the big money that you've got inside the community banks and start to build that rapport with them. And then your goal is whatever you need, they're going to take care of. And they will figure it out because those lenders are absolute experts. And that's what I did. I did that for 10 years. How do you identify a community bank? You know what? That's a tough question right there, man. I've got one personally that I really like. And, you know, I built a good rapport with her and we got that PPP loan done in two days. So I can walk in and just say, hey, are you a community bank? And they're going to say yes or no? Well, how are you going to know they're a community bank? Because you probably never heard of them. It sounds crazy, but that's just it. Yeah. Uh, They're on the street corner and it says First National Bank, Garland. That's a community Uh bank. Okay. Okay. So this. So is there anything lower than the community bank? Like that's the smallest bank, right? That's the smallest bank. You got three tiers. You got uh, the big banks, the supermarket banks. Below that, you got the regional banks. That's going to be people like Regions Bank and uh, Key Bank. And I'm trying to think of, let's say Frost. Frost would be a big regional bank for us. And then below that, the third tier is the community bank. And that to me is where you want to be if you're a business owner. I'm actually going to go meet with a business owner on Friday and I'm going to have this exact same discussion with him. Can you record it for us? What's that? Ask him whether you can record it. Just do audio only. Hey, I'll, I'll see if we can do that because yeah. it could yeah. be a good little conversation. He's a solid business owner because I want I wanted to flip the switch on him and talk to him about how he did it. He, he's, a, he's a fascinating dude. He, he didn't graduate high school, bro. Neither did his wife. And they have a multi-million dollar business right now. Then they're 35 years old. What did they do? Plumbers. Oh, plumbing. <laughs> Good money in plumbing, baby. Yeah, always got a leak. Okay. <laughs> well, any last words for us before we depart for tonight? I think that's a lot of good information. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep these things short. We're gonna keep them sweet, and we're gonna try to pack some good information so that you, as business owners, you as uh, potential business owners, investors. Get as much out of it as possible. And please, if you got any questions, send them to us, man. And we'll we'll answer them on air next week. And uh we'll keep going. Tell us what you want us to talk about. If there's anything you guys want to hear about, let us know. Cool. All right, guys. So that's gonna be it for today. Thanks for watching, tuning in. Uh 
Hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, leave a comment below and we'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Peace.